But we're ready to start our message now. So um, we kicked off a new Easter series last Sunday, which was Raised with Christ. And basically it's learning how to live like Jesus, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my vision for our church, my heart's desire is that we'd be a people who are learning to live like Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot leading, sorry, and leading other people to do that also with us, you know? Yeah. So. So a lot of churches right now are preaching on topics like fear and anxiety because there's a lot happening right now that's weighing heavy on our minds. Um, so can you tell us why this might be the best time to do a Raised with Christ series? Yeah, so remember how when the governor shut everything down, uh, he shut everything down except for what they call essential businesses, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about our faith and really just all of life because faith, uh, you know, and what we build our life on encompasses all of our life. Uh, you don't get more essential than learning to live like Jesus. And I've found that, and actually in times of crisis as a society or as an individual, um, those are the times that we need to know what we're doing when it comes to figuring out how to live like Jesus more than any other time. Uh, and just to give an example from my own life, in the last few weeks, you know, I've been working from home um, pretty much exclusively, and uh, and I, so I've been spending more time at home than usual. And I've noticed some days my irritability with the kids, never with Julie, but with the kids sometimes, um, I, I get more irritable than I than I think I normally would. And I've been having to do some soul searching on that, of because uh, I know you know when in. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about what Christ-like love looks like, irritability is on the list as a no. <laughs> and so I know that you know some of that uh, is definitely not justified and is uh, a heart problem that that I'm being made aware of just because of this new scenario I've been put in. I'm like, oh, I've got some stuff that I I could definitely work on. And so anytime you know whatever that is for you, it may not be irritability for you. It may be anxiety or fear or stress of some other kind or uh, loneliness or you know whatever it is that you're facing that you're struggling that you feel like you're struggling against it mm -hmm. uh, then faith-wise this you know what we're talking about in this of learning to live like Jesus this process what works and what doesn't work and all that has to do with um, you know it, that's we need it more now than any other time I guess is what I'm right saying. yeah I think that's something we can all relate to. I was noticing I was nodding while you were saying that. It looked like, you know. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> no, that's something we can all identify with. Um, especially under times of stress, you find you find outsides of yourself that you maybe didn't know were there. Yep. <laughs> all right, so Raised with Christ is this new series and the idea of dying to your old self and then walking in the way that Christ walked. Um, today's focus is on what does and doesn't work when it comes to accomplishing that. Right. Uh, so, and this, I think, is the perfect time to talk about, again, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Because when you find yourself in these situations where you're struggling with something, you've got to know what works and you've got to know what doesn't work. And sometimes we feel like we're banging our head against the wall trying to solve what's wrong inside of us. And, and that's because we're doing something that doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work well. It's not the Jesus way of, of, of you know, there's a particular way that Scripture says this is the best way to pursue this new kind of life. Because um, otherwise you're just going to feel frustrated in your efforts. Uh, so. Sure, yeah. 
Okay, well, let's look at some scripture now. Um, this week we're going to play more of the video that we shared last week. Last week was just the first four verses, um, and the voices on that recording are members of our church family that have spent time memorizing either part or all of this passage from um, Colossians. I almost said Corinthians. <laughs> Did I do it? <laughs> yeah. um, so we're going to share that video now. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, for you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, sentient, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as chosen ones, holy, dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another when anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. such a good video. Thanks for putting that together. Um, so there's a lot in that passage, but clearly it deals with putting off your old life and learning instead to live like Jesus. Um, so where does it talk about what doesn't work? Right. So the passage that we just shared and that several of us worked on memorizing deals with what does work. Um, you know, with how we do it, how we do it, the practicalities of taking off the old and putting on the new. And, but this, that passage falls in the context of a larger letter to one of the first churches that ever existed. Um, you know, all the letters that we have in our New Testament that are addressed to different groups of people or to even individuals, all these letters are going to first generation Christians, mm -hmm. like the very first ones that ever lived. And so they're wrestling with stuff too, of how does this work? And one of the things that the church in Colossa was dealing with was what do we do um, with religion, like they had people that were Jewish from the Jewish religion coming and saying, you need to follow all of our religious guidelines if you're going to be a Christian. Jesus was Jewish, you're going to have to be Jewish too. Hmm. Um, and so this was something they were wrestling with and something the Apostle Paul addressed in this letter. So actually this passage of what does work uh, comes right after an explanation of what doesn't work. 
And so if we could just back up a little bit and maybe you could read a few verses that come right before Colossians chapter 3. Okay. So let's look at Colossians 2, 20 through 23. That says, If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. Okay, so the Apostle Paul knew all about that kind of religion because he had been one of those guys. He had been one of the strictest, um, he had been part of one of the strictest uh, sects of the Jews. So um, as a Pharisee, he abided by a very strict code and had high accountability and um, went above and beyond the rules. He followed rules on top of the rules to make sure he never got close to breaking the rules, like intense. And so this is the guy that's saying that doesn't work. Uh, he's the guy that said, look, if you just try to go by, well, don't handle this, don't taste that, don't touch that. Um, you know, and we still have people that we make those rules still today. Don't touch a drink of, uh, you know, one drop of alcohol. Don't uh, do, you know, don't even think about sex. You know, don't even go there. Don't, uh, don't even dress in, a, in any kind of way that might even be somewhat provocative. You know, and we put all these rules on top of rules on top of rules. And his point is that that just doesn't work when it comes to changing the human heart to be to become someone who, you know, a natural outflowing of your life is to live like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that it's bad to live by those forms of really ultimatum rules, like no alcohol, no sexual, I mean, obviously, staying far away from sexual sin, um, is it bad to live that way? No, and I don't think Paul's saying that it's bad to live that way. Um, there's wisdom in rules, and so, you know, the idea here is that those aren't going to be effective for changing your heart. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, basically, you know, it's not that those rules, and look, he was a Jewish guy. Even after he became saved, he followed a lot of the same rules. It's not like he all of a sudden just embarked on a whole new lifestyle. You know, it was, he was still following a lot of those rules, but he recognized uh, that while there may be wisdom in some of those rules, they weren't effective for curbing uh, his sinful impulses, you know. Mm -hmm. So, can you just sum up for us what doesn't work as clearly as you can? <laughs> so, as clearly as I can, uh, what doesn't work is is your typical behavior modification techniques. Um, the, you know, any kind of legalistic set of rules that you abide by, um, and this. Actually, I think we see the same thing play out with dieting, and I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, but, uh, you know, there's people follow a strict diet for a time, and, and then they find that they end up falling back into old habits or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because what they were doing was behavior modification, uh, and it didn't address the deeper issues going on, and so it didn't have lasting results. And I think it's kind of a similar thing that he's talking about here. Uh, you can change your behavior. You can modify it. Uh, there's steps you can take to do that. You can 
whether by sheer willpower or by accountability or by just uh, following a strict set of rules, you can change your behavior. That's true. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're changing your heart. And in fact, uh, you know, a case study of this was, again, those Pharisees that uh, Paul was part of and that Jesus addressed all the time in his ministry. And we find in our New Testament accounts that these guys were ultimate behavior modifiers. Like they had this down to an art, and yet Jesus identified them as some of the most sinful people uh, of his day. They had modified their behavior, but they hadn't modified their hearts. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was they figured out a way to even take good and wise rules and their sinful hearts twisted them into something nasty. And so that's, that's, the, that's the problem. Uh, you can modify your behaviors and you can do all these good things. You can never touch a drop of alcohol. You can um, you know, go through life and never even you know, look at a woman that you know, uh, is scantily clad or whatever your uh, example would be. You, know? uh, you can never even think about sugar, uh, whatever. But at the end of the day, if your heart isn't changed, you will find ways to be nasty and sinful because you still have that heart in you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so if the usual methods of spiritual and behavior modification don't work, what does work? Okay. Well, we identify that this is a spiritual problem in nature. So it's going to need a spiritual strategy, um, and not just a behavior level strategy. So um, when we say spiritual, what we mean is that it's at the spirit or heart level. Uh, you know, sometimes we over-mystify that in our culture, we, um, but it's just really kind of when Scripture talks about your spirit, your heart, uh, it's talking about your will, your um, the focus of your life, uh, the essence of who you are kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's at the heart level that these things need to be addressed. And so when we're honest about our, our spiritual level, our heart level, we come kind of pre-wired selfish. Uh, self-centered we're bent towards you know what we want and not necessarily what is good for others or what is good uh, in God's eyes but what seems good to us is what we want and uh, so we kind of have this bent towards us it's, it's not that there's nothing good in us it's just that we kind of all have that that bent towards uh, self-indulgence self-centeredness um, and so that's what has to be addressed and so it's a spiritual strategy that we need. Yeah. And so how does that happen? How does somebody go about changing their spirit? And where would you even start with that? Okay. Well, how about uh, if we don't at this point, go ahead and look at what Paul says in Colossians 3, those first few verses after he's addressed what doesn't work. Are you testing me? Do I have to say it without looking? <laughs> no, you don't have to say it without looking. <laughs> Cheat all you want. So I'll try so, if you have been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Seek the things above. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Okay, so we know from the lead-in, the so, if you have been raised with Christ, uh, you know, Paul's changing gears from where he was just talking about what doesn't work. The, the usual methods that most religions in the world and most self-help authors are going to give you, um, those, he says, don't work. So, if you've been raised with Christ, here's what you need to do. You know, mm -hmm. Seek the things above. Set your mind on uh, things above. So, 
you'll notice that he doesn't say, change your heart, change your spirit. Uh, because that, like our emotions, is kind of hard for us to direct. You know, it's, uh, you know, try making yourself feel mad right now. You might could work yourself up into it if you, uh, if you tried hard at it, but not directly. You'd have to take a roundabout way to try to make yourself mad. You'd have to um, go and think about something that would make you mad, you know, um, something like that. And so that's why when it comes to changing our hearts, it's something the Holy Spirit can help us with, but we can't do it directly. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Uh, so we focus on directing our thoughts, and the Holy Spirit begins to work that into our hearts. Right. So that's kind of what Paul's driving at with this, you know, focus on Christ. Focus on uh, the things above, where He is seated with the, at the right hand of God. Um, put to death the things of your flesh, and instead set your attention on those things that are Christ-like things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, we focus on directing our, our thoughts and, and our focus in the right direction, and we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to take you know, our efforts in that regard and then do a work in our hearts, you know, through that, you know, it's like we're putting the right things in our minds and he's transferring them to our hearts in a way. That's kind of a way I like to think of it. But. Yeah, that's good. It's a lot to think about. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten a lot of information today. Um, so as we transition to a more practical level, um, how does this work out in our everyday life? Like, is there a main point you can give us to take home? Yeah, maybe a couple things. So kind of a big overarching thought for the next few weeks really is is this idea of being with Jesus to become like Jesus. That we have to be with Jesus to become like Jesus. And at first that might sound unrelated to what we were just saying, but to be with Jesus, we can't follow him around like the first disciples did when he was here on earth. If we're gonna be with Jesus, we're gonna to have to set our minds on Jesus. We're gonna to have to direct our thoughts toward Christ and towards his spirit and towards his word. And that's how we are with Jesus. And that is how we can become like Jesus, is, you know, our part in that is to spend time with him, Mm -hmm. to focus our attention on him and on the things of him, Um, you know, his teachings, his word, his, um, you know, the things that his kingdom values and those kinds of things. So, um, so that's, I think, the overarching idea. Yeah. So what does that look like on a practical level? yeah, so being with Jesus to become like Jesus at a practical level, I think Colossians 3 spells it out for us pretty well. Seek the things above, set your mind on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Uh, so ultimately it comes down to this. If Christ is our source of all this life and the, and His Spirit is the who ha- holds the power to change the human heart and the human life, then our part that we have in this is the part that we can do. And the part we can do is to take responsibility for directing our minds. Take Mm. responsibility for directing our minds. Yeah, that's good. I think more often than not, it feels the opposite. (laughs) Uh, Like we're being directed by our minds, not the other way around. Yeah, I mean, I think even our cultures, to some degree, preaches that. Like, um, you know, whatever your desire is and whatever, you know, a lot of times they'll voice it as, 
at, at a heart level, but it's a, it's not a heart that's being transformed into the likeness of Christ. But it's it's like be directed by yourself and what yourself wants mm -hmm. and what yourself thinks is right and good. Um, yeah, I saw on my Dr. Pepper can this week, it said, you deserve this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, on the other hand, then, uh, we set our minds on, on what is true and on what is right, and we have to take responsibility and basically boss ourselves around a little bit, you know? So, uh, <laughs> we have to take that responsibility for directing our minds. So how do we do that? How do we take responsibility for where our mind is going? Uh, you know, I think I, I don't remember who said this, but I don't think it's original to me, but it's like, learn the art of talking to yourself. Uh, <laughs> now, some of us are like, we got that down. <laughs> talk to myself all the time. Uh, but do you talk, how do you talk to yourself? If you just like, you know, talk about the weather with yourself, <laughs> then that's one thing. Is that what but, you do? <laughs> but we're talking about. Uh, taking this to another level where we're telling your thoughts where to go. You are taking charge of your thought activity. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're being the boss. Uh, so let me just give you kind of an illustration. Uh, you've got, you're a boss at a, at a uh, hopefully an essential business, so you're still able to uh, go to work. But uh, you've got a new employee. His name's Jimmy. Everyone loves Jimmy because he spends most of each day walking from cubicle to cubicle, just chatting it up with people. Uh, he's just the most likable person in the world. And so he goes around and the office environment has never been friendlier, never been warmer. Uh, everybody likes Jimmy. And, uh, but you know what Jimmy's not doing is his job. <laughs> and you know who else is not doing their job is anyone Jimmy's talking to all day long. And so if you're the boss, and if you're Jimmy's boss, then at some point you've got to talk, call him in and have a talk about how he's spending his time. I mean, as likable as he is and as great as that is for the office environment, you've got a list of tasks that need to get done at the end of the day that he's responsible for and he's not doing it. So you've got to <laughs> set the bar for him. And we have to do that with our thought lives as well. Um, our thought lives can wander around and do whatever they want all day long and that might feel pleasant even sometimes just to let our thoughts do what they want. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have a, a goal in mind and a purpose in mind, uh, and if that purpose is somewhere different than where you are now, and you're trying to be intentional about setting your mind on things above, then you're going to have to take charge of your thought life and, and have a sit down with yourself. That's good, yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk about this more next week, kind of as we dive deeper into the weeds of life transformation. Right. Um, but now this gives us a lot to think about and to begin working on those two things. Be with Jesus to become like Jesus and take responsibility by directing your mind. Right. And just a reminder, all the rule following in the world, all the self-discipline in the world, you can be the most self-disciplined person on the planet and you can look really good and polished and have a great moral code that you live by and that still doesn't mean that your heart is good. And you can be rotten on the inside and shiny on the outside and that's exactly what Jesus addressed the most often as one of his top concerns with people. And so that's why we have to do this work of setting our minds on things above and giving space to the Holy Spirit to work that into our hearts so that we become the kind of people who naturally live the way Jesus would live if he were us. And yeah, so I mean, that's, uh, that's where it's at. 
And that's why it's so important, these things that we talk about all the time, like uh, working scripture into your mind and even memorizing it or spending time of quiet time with the Lord. All these things are essential if we're going to be changed at the heart level. Yeah. So do you have any encouragement you could leave us with this week? Sure. Yeah. So I believe that G that uh, the Jesus way Christianity is the only faith, the only option out there that offers such a hope filled and grace filled path to just abundant, rich, um, full, peaceful, and good, just good life. And instead of like a strict burdensome set of rules to follow, it's, it's freedom. It's uh, forgiveness in Christ. There's, um, you know, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, it says in Romans 8. And so the Christian you know, does not fear God putting them in jail, hauling them off. Uh, the Christian is, is described as the bride of Christ, right? And so we have this love relationship with our God that's totally unique. Uh, we have this dynamic, special family relationship where he's our father, our good father, and we are his kids, and we're wanting to be like the father. Uh, we're wanting to be, as, as the bride of Christ, we want to please the groom, right? We want to, uh, you know, it's, this is a, a great example. You, you know, when, when a pastor marries two people, he doesn't say at the end, okay, groom, you now have to kiss your bride. <laughs> you know, it's always, you may, like you finally get to kiss your bride. And so it's the same kind of way with this. Um, Christ makes this new way available to us through a new covenant with God, and we get to walk into this new way of life. It's not something we have to do, it's something we get to do. And, and so that's the, the freedom and the joy and the grace-filled aspect of this. Uh, it's not about following a set of, of rules or some kind of legalistic code. It is about pursuing the heart of God. And, and that's you know, a path full of grace and love and hope. And it's just worth jumping on if you haven't. That's right. Yep. This is a great opportunity if you have not um, entered into a personal relationship with God. I mean, that just blows my mind that the king of the universe wants to have a personal relationship with you. And so there's no better chance than to do that today. And that's something you can do at home um, or with a, a friend, or you can always call us either uh, Neil or I would be happy to talk with you and walk you through that. But it doesn't have to be a big uh, mysterious thing. It's something that's between you and God. So feel free to take advantage of that today and, and to not wait. Um, Neil, would you close us with a would you close us with a word of prayer? All right. Father, we thank you for not leaving us spiritually dead, but making a way for new life in Christ. God, you know how we tend to fall back on our own efforts instead of setting our minds on you and on the things above where you are. So Holy Spirit, we place our faith and our attention on Jesus and ask that you would do the work of changing us from the inside out. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.